everyone. I'm Tommy. Hello, everyone. I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Another week, another episode of CSI Vegas. Working to break everything down. Before we get into today's episode, just want to let you all know that this is a safe space for you. So whenever you want to come here just to listen to the two girls talking about their favorite crime fighting science show, we're here for you. Just one thing before we begin. Please don't skip it. It's important. So... Most of you all know that I broke my arm when in March, but when I did that, I also severed a very important ligament on my hands. So I'm going to have to get it fixed uh, during a surgery, but it will most likely happen in the first week of November. So our breakdowns, our breakdown that we usually, we usually next Wednesday after the episode airs for episode six. We're not going to do it. It's not going to come out from the 9th of November as it usually does. So we, our, our episodes always come out the next Wednesday. The breakdown of episode six is not going to come out on it on, on the 9th of November. It's going to come out on the next week, November 16th. November 16th, we're going to be breaking down two episodes. So we're going to run through the most important things on episode 6 and then talk about episode 7. So rest assured that we're going to be breaking down every single episode that comes out. Next week is normal. We're going to be doing the breakdown of episode 5. And, but in the first week of November, uh, we're not going to do the, the breakdown of episode six. We're going to do breakdown of episode six with episode seven on the 16th of November. Okay. So the breakdowns for episode six and seven are going to come out on Wednesday. November 16th, okay? But it's where we're going to put out the breakdown of episode 5 next week after it airs on Wednesday, as we usually do. And today, we're going to be breaking down episode 4 named Koala. So, well, yeah. Can you spend some time discussing this? I really need to, to get the surgery done. And I hope you all understand I'm not taking this break because I want to. I'm taking this break because I have to. And I'm just taking one week break. That's because I have the, my other arm to, to carry me around. So I'm not going to be all beat up. But I'm going to need a few days to resettle. Right? 
so let's do it. Let's begin the breakdown of episode four of season two of Seaside Vegas called Koala. Talking as I'm speaking this name as I will usually do because there is no difference from English to Portuguese. But if you listen to three say in another way, it's literally the same word. So the episode begins with three people using shotguns and wearing skull masks going to break into a house. The next shot is of a pregnant woman lying on bed. And it seems like she could be the main reason for the attack because the camera spends a lot of time on her. One of the robbers give an old man, most likely the patriarch of the house, a piece of paper with instructions. And... Next up, the whole family is on the floor with their hands tied around their backs. And the old man has to open the safe. Then all the family is executed. As is the old man. But the pregnant lady tries to flee. So she goes through a window, falls down, probably probably breaks one of her legs but then she shot but the baby survives which is good the baby survives but then that one of the one of the shooters was hesitant to shoot her yeah because one of the shooter was probably worried if the baby would survive or not and also, most of the time, um, criminals in general, they respect kids. So they won't put the life of a child in danger. And next shot is of Catherine looking very upset at the green text from that she sent Lindsay. So she, I'm pretty sure you all seen the text messages that she she sent Lindsay and she tries to call her but it goes straight to voicemail and it seems like something's wrong between them something really bad happened I mean we've seen Catherine and Lindsay, Lindsay fight before but right now Lindsay is an adult we've seen Catherine fighting with Lindsay when Lindsay was a kid right after Eddie died yeah so Catherine gets a notification at 4.22 a.m. It seems like it, she is working the grape shift, so it feels like Maxine works the grape shift, and then they're working to... Uh, so I thought she worked mostly the day shift. Well, I don't know. It's, it's a bit confusing because the time in Catherine's phone, the time in Catherine's phone was 4.22 a.m. I mean, there wasn't the a.m., but I... I but it was night because because everything is dark and this lab has a lot of windows. So if it was during the day, it would be the, the lab would be a lot like there would be a lot of light, a lot of sunlight. That's not, that's 
it's early. It's starting to get dark really early here in the States. Bro. So, did you get a notification about shots fire on Rev Street? So, she took the lead on the case since she's the senior CSI, right? And it's a, it's a Purdue homicide. So, she took the lead because she's the senior CSI. Max is still, at this point, she's still in the hospital recovering from last week's episode when she was hit over the head. And as soon as she gets to the scene, there's a lot of neighbors trying to figure out what happened. They're screaming at each other and Josh is pissed because apparently the the first police officers on the scene that didn't actually take the scene. And Josh is pissed and he tells everyone, if you're not law enforcement, you need to remove yourself. This is a crime scene. So this boy is really, really pissed off that nobody's letting them work. And in the back of when Catherine is asking the officers who died, and they say they that almost everyone died. And in the back, you can see paramedics trying to save the baby's life. And one thing you will realize is that mother, like mother is a central theme, theme of the episode. Like we see Catherine, the mother, Max is a mother. Like they're both martyrs on the, on their own rides, but they take this mother approach towards other people like Max does. Max has her own kid, but, but she's the mother of the team. And so Catherine walks in and alone. She doesn't want anyone with her. She walks in alone and Josh, Josh secures the entrance to the house and tells the team that Catherine is the one running point in this investigation. So after Catherine walks around the crime scene she comes back and says that and says 42407 which we all assume is the code for the crimes that happened i mean we've seen it in the previous episode of suicides on previous iteration there's always like 419 mostly 419 <laughs> or four. Well, this could also be because it's not only a, it's a multiple model and a robbery. Yeah, and Catherine listens to the crime. She says that homicide, home invasion, all occupants inside are deceased. So she tells them that the case is going to be a very long case. And the camera focuses on, on the penny right before the opening credits. Kind of like foreshadowing that Penny's, what Penny's going to investigate on this case is going to lead them to a major break, break on the case, but also it could imply that this case is going to be somehow personal to her. My dad kept thinking this was her first case. 
even though you've seen every episode of Seaside Vegas with me. We got an argument about it. I think it was the first case with so many victims on belonging to a single family. I mean, as far as they know at that point. I said, yeah, it might be your first multiple, but she's done plenty of murders and kidnappings. So Josh takes the outside perimeter. Ellie is taxed to digitize the exterior. The and the inside. And the inside. And it works her way inside. Chris is is on photographs, so he's going to take photographs of the scene. That doesn't mean that the others are not going to take photographs. He's going to take a, a lot more photographs than the others will because they are just have to document everything. Like, Chris has to take pictures of everything. And Penny is going to work the inside with Catherine. And when she walks in and sees all the victims, she is evidently she is shaken up. Can I just take a moment and say, like, Sarah Gilman, my love, you literally, you woke up and you decided to act the hell out of this episode. Oh, and also, her vest, it says G-I-L-L. Yeah, man is yellow with two L's. I'm not referencing what people might be thinking. I'm referencing that her last name is very similar to her the actress's last name. Yeah, her last name is Gilman. And this episode, the way she, I mean, it's. Okay, there's a scene coming up that I'm going to talk about with a lot of more. Yeah. So. Penny keeps struggling with the scene. And Kevin tells her to go downstairs if she needs a breath. And as she goes downstairs, she goes outside, looks up the tape, and pukes, and finds evidence. Yeah. In the meantime, Allie, she finds... Oh, before Penny Cubes, Allie found a handprint in blood, and then Penny goes out and pukes. And... Josh finds two shell casings used in the murders, but Detective Gomez says that that shell casing is from a, a shotgun that is usually that is usually used. To, in a twelve gauge. Yeah, to hunt birds of prey. And Catherine's looking at her phone when Catherine shows her the two notes that the robbers show to the old man. So let me get the notes for you all. So the first note says, open the safe and nobody dies. Make one false move and everybody dies, including the unborn. And then the second note says, every mistake will result in execution. You're right first, your boy next, you're the father, and finally your daughter and your granddaughter. 
That's when Penny and Catherine realized that someone that specifically targeted this family, Disney, was an inside job. And Catherine says, this is overkill, which, I mean, it is. I mean, the same, the type of weapon that was used to kill them, it was overkill. And Catherine goes to NICU. But gets stopped by CPS when Kathleen Catherine herself wants to do a buccal swab on the baby because the CPS lady has to protect the baby over the case. I agree with that, honestly. Yeah, I agree with her too. Although I would, I would be pretty upset about it. But I mean, that CPS lady is right. She has to protect the baby over the case. And this next part, like I love, really love how Catherine shows. Funny that even Catherine, who's been doing this for around 30 years at this point in time, still gets nervous while walking a scene. Yeah. I'm not walking a scene, but, but being around the DBs. Yeah. Penny, Penny, she wants to quit the investigation. And uh, she, because she kind of looked at the victims like this, for, she says that. It looks like they ripped open that woman and took her baby. And then Catherine comforts her. I like this. This thing right here. This shows how important mental health is. Mm -hmm. It shows how important it is. And Catherine tells Penny that even though she's been doing this for a long time, her hand still shakes when it comes to the dead bodies. And it is totally okay to feel like this. But the only way to get through it is to work through it and not let it not is not let it work you. And then yeah. You gotta really keep gotta make sure it's okay with your mental and then the next scene, Allie and Josh are going to a video from the neighbor. Josh leaves to go back to the sink. And he realizes that one of the barbers lost his, their teeth. So he has to and, go back and talk to and, and Ali sees on the video after Josh leaves that one of the shooters tends to the pregnant one. Yeah. And she goes back to the handprint. And Bo realizes that not only do they have the the Robert one of the Robert's fingerprints, they also have DNA because of the sweat. So Penny looking through what she vacuumed because she vacuumed the stairs to get any type of residue or trace that the robbers might have left, and she finds a koala. Like a very small koala paw. And then Penny starts to go chasing the koalas, and Catherine wants her not to chase the rabbit. Chase the koala rabbits. But then, when, but then Catherine apologizes to Penny and tells her that that would have killed her daughter. Yeah. But. And well, then Chris and Allie, like Chris and Allie are working over the guns and they see how much kickback was with, with the guns. 
So they realized that the robbers were not experienced. And and Catherine gets Max T so seed PS connections. She goes to the baby, does the DNA. Bob found that the baby was upgraded to stable. And when then when Max delivers the swap to Catherine, she gets the warmest welcome back to the lab. Yep. And the pregnant lady was not the pregnant lady was okay, so a couple of things. The pregnant lady was not the mother of the baby. The man that they had in custody that sold the robbers the the shotguns was not the father. And also the DNA from the handprints the DNA from the handprints and the DNA that that Penny collected from the paw because it is a precision work, so they had to have done that with their bare hands. The DNA from the prince and the collapod matched, but it didn't match the baby. I mean, part of the DNA from the koala paws matched the baby. And so. Another family is killed. Serena gets to the lab and tells them that another family was killed. And there is there is four dead bodies in route to the morgue. But one of the bodies was one of the robbers. Max realizes something is wrong with Catherine. And Catherine tells Max that Lindsay hasn't talked to Catherine in a very long time. And that... And that Lindsay might have blocked her, and she tries to call, and no Lindsay hadn't called back or texted back for a very long time. And Catherine is really worried about it. And Max tells Catherine to take a break because Captain, the ostracization by Lindsay is really strong to affect and up. And then in the scene after all of that, Penny is trying to find a koala, and Max tells her to focus on the evidence that's already there. And Katie yeah. Stephen returns as Lindsay number three. She now is almost like a... With how Lindsay she's acting more like a father than a mother. Yeah, she's actually more like Eddie than Catherine. And continue, continuity error. And according to season 12, Catherine's super name was Goldilocks, not Linda Winston. Maybe it was both. Maybe and Lindsay. One of, maybe one of, her, one of her clients called for Goldilocks. And then. I know you're not going to like this part because you're not liking Lindsay right now, but even though Lindsay talks down the seaside job, she makes a point of needing her mom sometimes. And doesn't always want to be the one to lend emotional support. She sometimes wants emotional support. Can I just say something real quick? We're literally over the fact that people people are shaming Catherine for being a sex worker. We are. Before she was pregnant. And before she went to college. Like, it's, it's, 
it's and at this point is annoying. Yes. Like who disrespectful. And I, I think that her daughter is an influencer, but also has an OnlyFans. I mean, if you don't know what an OnlyFans is at this point, I mean, OnlyFans is like social media website that you have to pay for to see people's posts. But usually it's done, it's used by sex workers. Not all the time. Not all Not the all- time. Not all the time, okay. I know a couple artists. people with I know a couple people with OnlyFans that are not sex workers. Yeah. But from what Catherine said that that uh, Lindsay is it's not necessarily OnlyFans though. Yeah. It could be like could you know, some of the It could be something else like Lady Heather. Thing, but she's working on her own, not for someone else. Well, remember, she was missing a shoot. Yeah, so I, I when she said she was missing the shoot, I thought she she was a Instagram model. Well, so Penny goes to the morgue. Like a boy trying to shop. She's on a mission. My girl is on a mission to find that could that call Paul. And uh, she collects the sheets from the victims. And she finally finds another koala paw. And her hands are shaking. And then Allie tells Penny, your hands are shaking. And Penny's like, yes, they are, aren't they? Kind of like a coming... Back to that first scene when Catherine told her that it's okay if her hands shakes. Mm-hmm. So Chris, he finds another suspect from the digitization that Allie did. There is a picture on the wall with this man that wasn't part of the family, and they realize that this man. It's actually from this other victim's family. He's the son that was not dead. And he turns out to be the father of the baby that is in the hospital. And we find out it was that the pregnant lady was a gestational carrier. Yeah, there's a difference between surrogate and... Yeah, she was just carrying the baby. She didn't have any any biological ties to the baby and we find out that this lady she had triplets they were fraternal triplets and one of the robbers that was dead is one of them lucia is the mother of the baby then they go to the house where lucia leaves and she is holding the gun to her sister and we find out from Lucia that the oldest sibling, the first one that came on was the oldest tripler she took away Lucia's firstborn 
Allie were trying to figure out what it was, if it was normal, and if it was non-normal, then what it was, like it was a broken, it was a broken finger, or it was something that the woman was born with, and then we find out that her fingers were broken when her sister ripped out of her firstborn and gave to adoption. And it actually ties to the koala call because they are actually like that. Two of the five fingers are sideways. Mm-hmm. And Catherine tells Lucia, which really reminded me of something from these from the past. I'm gonna say it later. Tells Lucia that her relationship with Lindsay is bad right now. <laughs> I mean. You okay, Bree? Yeah. Her relationship with Lindsay is bad right now. It's not perfect. And Lucia tells Catherine that all she ever wanted was a family, apparently with her girlfriend. And after Lucia tries to fire the shot, which makes the officers try to get in, but Catherine quickly controls the situation and I was right yep Catherine is able to control the situation and tells them to back off because she took Olusia down and then Max was listening to the whole play Max was listening to the whole play everything that Catherine said and Next, ask Catherine, like, are you okay? <laughs> and Catherine's like, define, okay. <laughs> and Max tells her that she can go and visit the baby if she wanted. Yes, Carrie is probably not getting grandbaby time. Yeah. And after Penny finds koala number three, Max tells her that she's Penny Lane, aka one of the heels. Yeah, because the video, they have a song called Penny Lane. See, she finally texts Catherine what she wanted to say, and she tells Catherine that she loves her. And Catherine's crying while holding the baby. Can I just say something? Mara, can you just rip my forehead out? Like, oh my god. You delivered like this episode was literally owned by Brooke, Paula, and Sarah. Like uh, this three, I mean, Betty's not a mother as far as we know, but Catherine and Max, they are both mothers. Max is the mother to the team. And Catherine has a daughter and has a granddaughter. Mother was a central theme of this episode. And this episode was actually written by Anthony Zyford. And this episode was beautifully written. Probably one of the most beautiful CSI's episode I've ever seen. Like, I know, I mean, it's brutal because there's, there's two home invasions and there is at least seven people dead. But this episode is beautiful. It's beautiful in the way that they act on this episode. And I'm, I'm going to say it again. Sarah Gilman woke up that day and said, I'm going to act. And Paula Newsome, 
the way Max showed up in the screen without knowing the screen, and I wanted to say mother, because she is a mother. Before anything else, Max is a mother. She's a mother. And wow, I'm just, I have no words to describe how much I loved this episode. I mean, last week's episode was good. I mean, it was it's a great episode, but thankfully, dude. Why don't they just rip my heart open and, and take well, it? Well, that's what I'm going to use. I'm You know, this episode made me upset the same way that Leave It All the Rest did. And I'm not sure if Anthony's like her role to Leave It All the Rest, but both of these episodes, they're two of the most beautiful episodes of CSI that I've ever seen. And the way Catherine just tells the killer what was happening to her, it reminded me of and butterfly too, by the way. The way Catherine tells the killer exactly what is happening, and that is why she understands what Lucia was going through. It reminded me of what Gris, how Grissom gave that beautiful speech on butterflies, saying how much he wanted to be with Sarah, but couldn't. And... Catherine's basically telling Lucia how she wanted to have a better relationship with her daughter, but she can't. Not right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, this episode broke my heart, but in a good way. And it felt, look, this episode is amazing. It's amazing. It's heartbreaking, but it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Seriously, guys, this is one of the most beautiful episodes of CSI I've ever seen. And everyone on Twitter, at least on the timeline, they all have the same opinion. Cheers. Well, I cannot wait to see Catherine being happy again because I don't think I've ever seen Catherine this broken. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen her this broken. I mean, yeah. we've seen her going through a lot during the 12 seasons that she was in in CSA. But I don't think I've ever seen her so broken like this. Agreed. Well, so what are we talking about next week, Bree? We're talking about the next episode in Fawn's Way. Yep. Just remind you all, episode 6 is going to be covered on the same day as episode 7. So don't miss. So thank you so much for listening to us. We love you. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>